0: November 7th. Now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Hebrews chapter 8. We'll read about finality. Uh, there were uh, no chairs in the uh, Jewish tabernacle or temple because the priest's work was never finished. But Jesus finished the work of redemption and sat down on the throne gives us cause to rejoice. We'll read about reality. The Jewish priests in the temple minister with copies and shadows, but Christ in heaven ministers in the original sanctuary from which the things on earth were copied. When you trust Christ, you enter a life of reality, and you are forever finished with substitutes, another cause to rejoice. We'll also read about maturity. The law of Moses was given to the children of Israel as a tutor to help them grow up and be prepared for their Messiah's coming. They were like children. God had to take them by the hand and lead them. But the new covenant, with its heavenly priesthood, leads us to spiritual maturity. God puts His word in our hearts and transforms our character. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. And now, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November seventh, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Here is the main point. Our high priest sat down in the place of highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand. There he ministers in the sacred tent, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord and not by human hands. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there already are priests who offer the gifts required by the law of Moses. They serve in a place of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the design I have shown you here on the mountain. But our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to the ministry of those who serve under the old laws, for he is the one who guarantees for us a better covenant with God, based on better promises. If the first covenant had been faultless— There would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it, but God Himself found fault with the old one when He said, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds, so they will understand them. And I will write them on their hearts, so they will obey them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their family, saying, You should know the Lord, for everyone, from the least to the greatest, will already know me, and I will forgive their wrongdoings, and I will never again remember their sins. When God speaks of a new covenant, it means He has made the first one obsolete. It is now out of date and ready to be put aside. Psalm 106 Verses 13-31. through In light of God's goodness to Israel, you would have expected the nation to submit to Him and serve Him gladly and gratefully. Instead, they sinned and had to be disciplined many times. Before you judge them, however, consider whether you may be guilty of some of the same sins they committed. God delivered Israel from Egypt, but they soon forgot His mercy and ignored His counsel. He gave them manna, and they lusted for meat. They criticized their leaders. They worshipped a golden idol, and would have been destroyed had Moses not interceded for them. They came to the border of the promised land and refused to go in. While wandering in the wilderness, they compromised with the heathen nations. Their stubborn attitude even made Moses sin. Once in the land, they compromised with the wicked nations. And God had to chasten them repeatedly. Were it not for his covenant, God would have destroyed them. But he forgave them and allowed them to have many, many new beginnings. Finally, he had to disperse them among the Gentiles.
1: Today is a new day. It will bring brand new blessings and brand new battles. But within every uncertainty, there is hidden possibility. So I don't dread any challenge that lies ahead. Because I remember all the victories behind. And my confidence is not in my circumstance. The Spirit of God is my supply. I'm steady under pressure. And I'm ready for whatever, because whatever comes my way today, the outcome is I overcome. Christ is in me. I am enough. I can handle it. I can't afford to stay afraid or let my faith hesitate. My purpose is at stake. And he who called me is faithful. His strength in me is greater than any pain I feel or enemy I face. The promise of God is mine for the taking. Every plan he has made is guaranteed to come to pass. It will happen. If I don't back down, if I won't let go, it will happen. If I don't stop short, if I won't sell out, it will happen by faith. But faith doesn't take the fear away it teaches me to fight it. So bring the battle. I'm ready now. I got something for Goliath. I can handle it. My power flows from presence, so I won't stay stuck in what was or worry about what will be. My regrets have been redeemed, and my tests have become my lessons. My is fixed and my heart is expected I'm set I'm not nervous about what's next because my eyes are on the throne I trust the one who's in complete control the one who already knows how he's gonna work it according to his purpose even the worst situations are sure to turn in my favor if I keep moving forward keep moving toward him God is with me in this moment and whatever happens I can handle it comes from above, so if fear insists on knocking, I'll meet it at the door. Life might give me bad news, but I've still got a good report. I can handle it. If I fall, if I fail, I'll handle it. Grace will give me what it takes to carry on. I can handle it. I have humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. Christ is in me. I am enough, and when the time is right... Hey, this is Cody going from phase three to phase four. Just want to give a shout out to everyone. Want to thank all the staff for being as helpful as they've been just uh, to help me make it this far. I want to thank everyone second and third phase. It just goes to work every day and just pushes on hard to be able to earn their keep around here, man. it's It's encouraging to see and it's just a beautiful thing to see what God's done in everyone's life. Um, phase one, guys, I hope, can't wait to see you, hope to see you here soon, and just remember, at the end of the day, here's your donut, go to work, don't get hurt, love you guys. Hey guys, this is Tim Mullins, phasing up from phase one to phase two. This is David Kamesa phasing up from phase one to phase two as well. We love you guys, uh, we're encouraged, and we're blessed to be part of the Refuge. Just wanted to send out a shout out, um, Tim and I are very blessed to have have had a lot of awesome brothers. Just remember Proverbs 3, 5, uh, 6 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding.
0: Hey guys, this is Tim Lane. I'm phasing up from phase two to phase three today. Um, I just got back from Vinton County, had a great time with the phase one brothers, um, hanging out with them all week. And I'm really excited about phasing up to three and what God has in store for the rest of my time here and, uh, the relationships I'm building and will continue to build. So, and just a message to the phase one brothers, man, stick in there. It's worth it. Um, keep growing in Christ and, um, just invest 100% and good luck to you guys. I love you all. Psalm 106 verses 13 through 31. Yet how quickly they, the Israelites, forgot what he, the Lord, had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. Psalm 106, verses 13 through 31. Yet how quickly they, the Israelites, forgot what he, the Lord, had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry land. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. Because of this, the earth opened up. It swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels. Fire fell upon their followers. A flame consumed the wicked. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in that land, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So, he declared, he would destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people, He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore, he swore that he would kill them in the wilderness, that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exiling them to distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of Baal at Peor. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all these things, so a plague broke out among them. But Phineas had the courage to step in, and the plague was stopped. So he has been regarded as a righteous man ever since that time. Proverbs 27, verses 7 through 9. Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry land. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. The people in the camp were jealous of Moses and envious of Aaron, the Lord's holy priest. Because of this, the earth opened up. It swallowed Dathan and buried Abiram and the other rebels. Fire fell upon their followers and, A flame consumed the wicked. The people made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt, such wonderful things in that land, such awesome deeds at the Red Sea. So, he declared, he would destroy them. But Moses, his chosen one, stepped between the Lord and the people. He begged him to turn from his anger and not destroy them. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Therefore, he swore that he would kill them in the wilderness that he would scatter their descendants among the nations, exiling them to distant lands. Then our ancestors joined in the worship of Baal at Peor. They even ate sacrifices offered to the dead. They angered the Lord with all these things, so a plague broke out among them. But Phineas had the courage to step in, and the plague was stopped. So he has been regarded as a righteous man, ever since that time. Proverbs 27, verses 7 through 9 Honey seems tasteless to a person who is full, but even bitter food tastes sweet to the hungry. A person who strays from home is like a bird that strays from its nest. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense.